0: The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 149. How has law developed from the last 10 years in the sports industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports law. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Alexander Miranda, Alexander is a sports lawyer and he has over 10 years of experience in the legal sector of the sports industry. Specifically, he has particular great knowledge with regards to Brazilian sports law, with regards to how law is implemented from a sports industry perspective. And for that reason, it's really brilliant. But also, I'm personally fascinated about his career journey in sports law and it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode Alexander will share his sports career journey and explain to you how law has developed in the sports industry from the last ten years. Alexander, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start?
1: Hi, uh, I was always passionate about sports. So it all started when uh, when I started when I went to the law school. Uh, to study law here in the graduation. Here in Brazil, graduation in law is it's about five years of study. And uh, I started because I was uh, My passion uh, about sports was so strong, and especially about football, that I started to play football uh, for Mackenzie Law School, which is the university that I attended here in Brazil. And then one of my teammates uh, invited me to join uh, a big law firm within the civil litigation area. So, uh, I applied for this position, I started to work as an intern in this law firm, in the civil litigation area and then uh, one of the partners of this law firm was uh, former president of one of the biggest football clubs in Brazil, which is São Paulo Football Club and uh, he was uh, 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 one of the top names in the sports law area and he invited me to join the sports law team in this law firm. So that's when it all started. Uh, I, I started to work in the second year of my graduation as a law clerk in the sports law area, and uh, I've, I've been working in this field until now, so it's all about 15 years working uh, into the field, sports law in Brazil, which is a very specific, very peculiar area and uh, you need to be a a specialized counsel, a specialized in-house attorney or a club's representative uh, an agent, a lawyer, or even the lawyer of the athlete, but you need uh, to be, you know, uh, focused and specialized in this area.
0: Out of interest, how important it is to understand civil law with regards to working in the football industry as a sports lawyer?
1: Oh, civil law is a big issue. It's, a, it's very important for a sports lawyer to to study to, to specialize in civil law in Brazil because football clubs. Federations, confederations, even the the Paralympic committee, the Brazilian Paralympic committee, they are civil associations, so they are duly registered in uh, in a civil notary by uh, civil bylaws, and all the the, the, the impacts of this they are on the civil code. Uh, we have boards being regulated by by our federal constitution since 1988, and Pele Law, which is our federal law uh, which regulates the sports, is from 98. So we are talking about approximately 20 years since uh, Pele Law was sanctioned. So it's a very new uh, field, but it's also very regulated uh, and it's always uh, changing the regulations are, are always changing, so you need to have one uh, uh, sports law specialist in order to work in a football club, in a federation, uh, in a company, because if you have a tax lawyer or a labor lawyer, you, you, you don't have the, the, all the expertise. That, that is required
0: Just relating to your 15 years in the industry what career skills of support is you reflecting right now
1: uh, so uh, during these this 15 years first I need to talk about my professional experience so I started to work in this uh, in this law firm. And then I, I moved, I changed it to work uh, in the football club that I mentioned, in Sao Paulo Football Club. So I joined Sao Paulo Football Club as an in-house consul and, and it was a great experience because when you are working inside the club, you can have, you can have the idea what everything that, that goes around, all the, the world, all this, this hub, that the club, a big club in Brazil, is uh, issued. So uh, we work in the legal department with several procedures in FIFA, uh, in national dispute resolution chambers, ordinary courts, contracts, a lot of contracts, uh, labor contracts, image rights agreements. Uh, this was our daily uh, basis job in, as an in-house counsel of a football club in Brazil. So, and then uh, I decided to to live abroad. I decided to, you know, uh, to have more an international perspective into the sports law. And then I I decided to attend an international master. And then I attended FIFA master. Uh, which, uh, which is held in, in three countries, in England, in Italy, and in Switzerland. So, after my Master, I, I came back to Brazil and I started to work in, uh, in this law firm that I'm, I'm working today, CSMV uh, Advogados. And, uh, and basically, it, uh, the master was uh, very good to my career in, in order to, to broaden my horizon. So, uh, in these 15 years, I, I can tell you that uh, to be a sports lawyer, you have to be creative, the fight is harder because it's a small field. So it's not very easy to find a spot, to find a position in the market. If you are hunting jobs, it's very, very hard to, to find position, a job into the, the sports law. So uh, the fight is a little bit harder. So you need to be very creative. You need to study a lot because the regulation, the laws, they are in always changing and changing. Uh, you need to work on your idioms. The, the language is very important because, uh, because of the international perspective of sport. And, and I think you, you also need to be very flexible. You know, you need to speak the language of football players. If you want to work with football players, you need to speak their languages. Uh, you need to understand them and uh, you, you need to dive in, in, completely into
0: sports. I couldn't agree more of what you've just said. And I find what you talk about very, very interesting. And it relates to today's podcast topic. How have you seen law developed from the last 10 years in the football industry from your perspective?
1: Yeah, in the last 10 years we, we had a lot of improvements. I, uh, I can give an example uh, about uh, FIFA regulations when you were talking about an international transfer of a football player, which is a transfer involving two different national associations like DSA in England and CPS. Which is the Brazilian Football Federation in Brazil. So, when involved uh, to uh, different national associations, it is an international transfer, and then FIFA regulations apply it. And then you have all the dispositions related to solidarity mechanisms, training compensation, protection of minors, eligibility. Uh, trucker, uh, FIFA Transfer Window, ITMS, uh, even uh, the old concept of FIFA Agents, they are now intermediaries registered at the national federations, and, at the member associations. So, when, when you are talking about this environment, the international sports law, in the last 10 years, uh, it changed a lot. Uh, I can give another example, the economic rights. Uh, Since 2015, uh, just football clubs uh, can have shares, can have percentage of economic rights of football players. Now, from 1st of June 2019, uh, football players, they can have economic rights of their own uh, federative rights which is a very big debate between uh, clubs from South America and European clubs. Uh, there is a pressure uh, coming from South American clubs in order to make it possible investments in the club, uh, which is exactly uh, the, the economic rights issue. If you allow uh, third parties or even the players to buy a share of its economic rights, you are allowing investment in the club. So that's the that's the, the, the flag that the Brazilian clubs, Argentinian clubs, Uruguayan clubs they raise. But on the other hand, you have the European clubs uh, totally against say, stating declaring that economic rights they can, only uh, football clubs are legitimate, are the, the, the rightful, uh, legitimate owners of economic rights. So there is this issue to give you uh, just an, a small hint and a small example, all, about the 10 years, in the last 10 years, how much the laws and regulations related to sports changes. You have also uh, the, the, the protection of minors, uh, people are regulating and uh, stating that uh, players underage cannot uh, be uh, internationally transferred. Uh, uh, and that there is some, there is some uh, exceptions in this rule. And uh, you also have the solidarity contribution, the training compensation rules, that at least they will uh, also be in uh, changing, since FIFA decided that the percentage very uh, small, so 5% of solidarity contribution can uh, can be a little bit higher, or the concept of training compensation can be a little bit broader. So that's, that's uh, why you need, to have a specialized sports lawyer. World of sports law is completely uh, in change, improving and developing. So uh, you you need to have you, you need to have uh, to have uh, attention to this to this topic.
0: Look, Alexander, I find this really interesting, and I want to touch on a point you said earlier. Just from a sports law perspective, how important is it for people to understand different cultures and different countries' legal procedures?
1: Oh, this is very, very, very important. I just mentioned that uh, FIFA regulates the the, the protection of minors. So, to FIFA, what is an underage athlete? It's an athlete with under 18 years old. But if you consider the federal uh, law of each country, and uh, we need to remember that FIFA has... Uh, uh, 211 member associations affiliated. So, in each country, you have a concept. In each country, you have their own uh, laws. So, uh, FIFA needs to 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 set a standard. So, to uh, the eyes of FIFA, uh, an underage athlete, it's an athlete under 18 years old, and so uh, if FIFA says that an uh, underage athlete cannot be internationally transferred, so you need to, to, to respect this regulation, even if your federal law in your country uh, say the, the contrary.
0: Just going back to your career now. What have you been up to recently? Yeah. So, so re- recently, I'm, uh, I'm based in
1: São Paulo, in, in Brazil, and I I used to work uh, in several areas in uh, in the sports law. So, doping, match fixing, uh, contractual matters civil litigation. We have also uh, the Sports Justice Court in Brazil, which is uh, a, a peculiar specific court that uh, will uh, will judge, will process uh, sports demands, sports uh, process. We have also the National Dispute Resolution Chamber uh, within CBS. So if you have any any dispute involving two clubs, or a player in a club, or even an intermediary in the club, you can submit this dispute to the National Resolution Chamber in Brazil. And uh, on a daily basis, I work also with litigation in FIFA and in CAAS, in the Court of Arbitration for Sport. So, in, in this, this area that i mentioned, doping, uh, contractual matters, and all other districts.
0: Sounds like you're very, very busy. Just uh, out of interest, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career looking back now?
1: Well, uh, looking back now, I think I would definitely state that the, 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 the whole experience, the, the 15 years of experience, is a uh, thing that I would... Stress Because uh, sometimes you find other lawyers from uh, other areas like labor law, tax law, civil law, or even intellectual property of, or other smaller areas, and I would stress my, uh, my focus just in sports law, exclusively in sports law. And uh, and the market requires uh, uh, a specialist just in sports law because if you if you try uh, you know to get everything uh, on the table you, you maybe you will need something so uh, that's very important to 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 study in your graduation uh, as a law student and then to attend the post graduation in sports law. Uh, After the post-graduation, you think in a a Master or LLM or in a specialization uh, uh, overseas or maybe here in Brazil, but it's very, very important that in an academic point of view you uh, you be focused and specialized in sports law. And at the same time, if possible, if you work uh, in the sports industry, uh, it will be uh, very, very good for your career.
0: That is fantastic. And Alexander, I always like to finish with an inspirational question. And you provided some great sports career advice already. But what three tips would you give to a university student who wants to pursue a career in sports law?
1: First, uh, as I said, should be very creative Sports law, it's a small world and you need to, you know, persistence is also an important word. So creative, per- persistence, you need to be flexible and you need to have an international mind. We are talking about uh, an international phenomenon. Sports definitely it's an international phenomenon. So you need to work on your uh, language skills, idioms, and uh, be creative, be persistent, and never give up.
0: That is great, Alexander. How can people interact with you online on social media?
1: Well, my name is Alexandre Miranda. I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, if anyone uh, wants uh, need my help or any advice, I would be more than glad to help.
0: That is great. To all the listeners listening in, that LinkedIn link will be on my website relating to this blog post. Alexander, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you very much. It was my pleasure, What a really fascinating podcast chat with Alexander. I always find interviewing sports lawyers really interesting because firstly, with all the different lawyers I've interviewed, they've all got a different career path in how they've ended up in the sports industry. But from a legal perspective, I hope today's podcast topic has educated you a lot more how law has developed from the last 10 years from a sports industry perspective. And without a doubt, and I'm not a lawyer, but when I've interviewed all the different lawyers, the one thing they keep mentioning about is understanding civil law. If you want to really understand how to start a career in the sports industry from a legal perspective, civil law is the way to go with regards to the different cases. But from a career perspective and career guidance from Alexander, I hope you really took on board that understanding law as an international perspective, the more better you're going to be by understanding different cultures when dealing with different cases in the sports industry. And understanding a culture is very important as well. I've had the privilege to interview lawyers from the UK, Europe, now Brazil. And the one thing they keep doing telling me is by connecting with different lawyers from different cultures the more educated they are with regards to their case or work they're doing with regards to the work they're doing in the sports industry so look i hope you found this podcast episode helpful and useful with regards to your career adventure if that's what you want to do in the sports industry by working in law so take on board what alexander said apply it to your sports career journey today and take action Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Alexander said, be creative, be persistent, because working in sports law is such a small world and you need to have an international mindset when starting a career in sports law.